On this episode of The Flap House, we discuss The Nun. Boo, spooky. Everyone and welcome to the Flop House. My name's Dan McCoy. Dan, wait, Dan, why are you so operatic today? <laughs> oh, uh, I was trying for uh, ghoulishness and uh, and and tingles up the spine. Oh, I guess your voice is just too beautiful. Because <laughs> all all I, all I felt was that you were a beautiful basso profundo. <laughs> hey, Dan, I am pretty profound. Dan, do you want to introduce yourself again so Elliot can step on it? Okay, I'm Dan McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay, you got through it. Uh, I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. Doesn't know. It didn't work for me either. I couldn't uh, get spooky no, there. Yeah. She uh, should have said Elliot Kalen, and then maybe. Uh, last time I did that, Dan, I was thrown in jail. <laughs> for being too cool. No. Okay. So, oh, wow. The judge at kids' court's pretty rough nowadays. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, he's a hanging judge. <laughs> oh, wow. That makes sense. I mean, they, it's all on the payroll. Um, we call, uh, we the, call this thing we're doing the Flop House. We yeah, call it that. Other people also best, call it that because that's its name. The Flop House, where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And, and, the, and the reason it, for the season. Yep. We're in the, the, the most blessed season, Shocktober. Where we used to say we watch slightly more horror movies than normal. Now they've pretty much all been corralled to Shocktober. We don't actually usually uh, watch uh-huh. any. I'll, I come I come to Dan, DVD in hand, and I say, please, Dan, <laughs> I know it's June, but can we maybe call it uh, <laughs> yeah. June, scary June or something? And watch I, a horror movie? And I pull out my cat of nine tails and I say, string him up against the main mast. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, I'm I'm in I Los was... Angeles, so I, I don't I'm not witness to any of this, so I'm just gonna take it at your guys' word that this is what happens now like, that I'm not around there anymore. Can the sailors who whip me be skeletons or ghost sailors? <laughs> I say only half skeletons. Oh, wow. Wait, so like skeletons from the waist down? What does that mean? Oh man, the ultimate either fantasy. That, either that or half of them are humans and half of them are skeletons. You can choose whichever you prefer. So like you Half, make the so call. Like split down the middle. <laughs> yeah. Like no, you want. I think. I think that's the thing. Is uh, I've been reading a lot of uh, uh, you know rom- uh, romantic advice columns mm-hmm. and magazines, and I've come to determine. That the perfect man is a skeleton on the upper half, and the bottom half is all fleshy with a fleshy mm-hmm. wiener and stuff. A skeleton in the streets, <laughs> a wiener in the sheets. They say. So why 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 a skeleton on the top? <laughs> I, that's I'm trying. I don't know that much. I just know that like I only know the results. I don't know what led us yeah. to that point. Yeah. Well, what is the I'm, I'm guessing, confused about the results. I'm guessing uh, it has something to do with hair. I don't know. We'll get to it. Okay. The musical or <laughs> Dan, stop bringing up the fact that you were in a college production of Hair. We know you brought it up many times. I lit up the stage. Okay, so this can all go in the garbage. Fire. <laughs> so okay, so fire on this podcast, so on this podcast, we watch a bad movie, then we talk about it. Dan's uh-huh. right uh, in the or Ed, or maybe Stewart's right. In the olden days, it feels like you used to watch more horror movies. Back when we just selected our movie, 
the day of at Dan's apartment based on the running time uh-huh. <laughs> because we would because we'd start watching around eight and start recording the show around ten thirty. Uh-huh. And we would often decide if we were going to even do the podcast, basically the day of or day before. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a number of years before we started scheduling ahead. <laughs> you know, Which back in the olden days of podcasting, that kind of erratic nonsense was much more tolerated. You uh-huh. know, like oh. the early days of Saturday Night Live when people were running through the halls doing cocaine or whatever. Uh-huh. Un- unlike the current uh, current era where all the sketches are bad and nobody, uh, pay- uh, well, everybody. I guess everybody pays attention to it now. I don't fucking know. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Hot, hot take on Saturday Night Live. Anyway, uh, but so Shocktober, this is when we watch horror movies, right, Dan? Now, Dan, uh, how would you define a horror movie? And then, Stuart, I want to know, how would you define wow. a horror movie? Um, oh, okay. So a horror movie is one that is meant to elicit, in the simplest terms, horror in the viewer. Whether that be okay. sort of a... Uh, a uh, jump scare type horror uh, like a startlement or uh or sort of an existential dread wow okay. you say, i would say it has to have one or more killings <laughs> <laughs> okay so <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> one plus killings <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, so I think we have it hammered out. Elliot, does this match up with your notes? Does that mean so? With that, so Clue would technically be a horror movie. Uh, Elliot, I didn't agree to more than one question. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, I forgot you said no follow-ups yeah, when Stuart, we started this press Stuart conference. Is currently uh, <coughs> standing in front of the loud turbines of Air Force One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only one, and I answered it uh, accurately. So let's move on. Uh, so uh, yeah, so we watched a movie. Now, normally on this show, we watch a bad movie, a movie that either was cri- uh, either a critical flop or a financial flop. And this, I guess, qualifies as a critical flop because it was not a financial flop. No, it, was it a made a hugely, shitload of money. This like, is like yeah. the highest grossing movie of the Conjuring franchise. Yeah. A juggernaut of okay horror movies (laughs) now i'm i'm super unfamiliar with the conjuring franchise so you guys are gonna have to help me with what little easter eggs are in there for the dedicated viewer i mean uh can i quickly like outline the quickly take us through the conjuring so no i somebody well somebody conjures something (laughs) no i know that much not really uh so the conjuring i don't remember look See, I saw The Conjuring. Uh-huh, yep. It was... <laughs> okay, let's start at First Principles. First Principles. You saw The Conjuring. I saw it. Uh, it had been getting uh, very good reviews as kind of a, a return to a classic haunted house movie with uh-huh. like sort of a few like slow burn scares. Um, and you love any kind of burn. Slow was, burn, uh, David Byrne. You went to see David Byrne's show. I did How was see. It? It, was, it was excellent. We should probably talk about that off air, but... Um, Okay. <laughs> oh, oh wow, he doesn't want his opinions to get out. No, I, well, I, everyone knows I love David Byrne, but I'm just trying to keep this train rolling. Um, no, but like I saw it in the worst way to see a horror movie, which is a drive-in theater. Now you might think, oh, that's the best way because it's such a creepy atmosphere. But uh-huh. so many horror movies are shot so darkly, and at a at a drive-in, you've got a lot of you know ambient light that's yeah, going light on the pollution. screen. And the projectionist usually does not pump up the 
light bulb in the projector to uh, compensate. So wow. I was seeing a whole bunch of mud on screen basically when I was watching The Conjuring. Plus, you had to deal with the worst part of that, being with some babe who wanted to do it with you when you're just trying to watch this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's... it's Were you like sitting on a roof sucking on a chili dog? Uh, <laughs> roof of a car, not roof of a house. That would be Monster Squad. Yeah, no, um, no, I, so all I know is... So Dan, so what do you know about The Conjuring? The Conjuring movies, is about paranormal investigators. We, we, heard, we heard your story, you heard your screed against drive-in theaters. <laughs> you didn't really tell us much about The Conjuring. The, so it's about paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are I, real people. Yeah, uh, there are a couple of real, real frauds. Yeah, there are a couple of real frauds. <laughs> I don't know whether it's the, is there that that their actual name or did it get changed in the movie? That was what, the only thing. I, I think it's I think it's real. I mean, weirdly enough, uh, the Twitter the Twitter account Forty One Strange that posts like weird photos of stuff posted a picture of Lorraine Warren holding the original Annabelle doll, which is just a Raggedy Ann doll. Yesterday, oh. So uh, yeah, I guess it's a plug for my Twitter uh, Twitter feed. Basically, they're <laughs> basically they're paranormal investigators, and um, once like again, Ghostbusters. I mean, once again, let's clarify they're frauds. Yeah, no. Well, in in the world of the movie, <laughs> in the world of the con, I love now. I love this new character of of Stuart Fact Checker, where every movie is like. So in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Stuart's like, let's just be clear, not a real monster made up. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is a. I mean, I feel like it's a little different when we're talking about uh, real life people who I'm assuming hurt a lot of people by being frauds. Uh yeah, well were they the were they the Amityville horror people? Yes, or is that something else? They okay. are the, and I believe that they the Amityville story is retold in the Conjuring two. Is that correct? I think. So. Yeah, I, I I've actually only seen the the first <coughs> one, and it's it's fine. I believe the second one they're investigating some sort of electric boogaloo. Mm-hmm. Oh okay, or Which, or I, a I secret of the ooze, right? Those are the two options. It, the whole yeah yeah the whole point though the, it might it might have been a new batch <laughs> oh, well we'll have to find out the point of all this is to say though that but we you, also know oh, wait down that they were on the move yeah but this is all to say they that back in the habit i mean in a way they kind of are right that's good for the nun that's perfect <laughs> no but the point of all this is you don't actually need to know any of it because this movie only ties in to those characters at the very end spoiler alert and you don't need any foreknowledge to know the nun. The nun is a character that showed up in one of the other Conjuring movies. Part two, I think. Yeah, and this is the origin story for that uh-huh. villain. Well, it's weird. It's, it's kind of the origin story, but it's also kind of not the origin story. Yeah. So why don't we dive into the nun? And before yeah. anyone, remember, this is the one from the Conjuring series. It's not one of the many other horror movies called the nun. It's not the nun story. The movie from the nineteen what sixties, fifties. Thanks. Thanks you know. for asking. I don't know, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie starts uh, well it starts with like a, a bunch of scenes from one of the other Conjuring movies they're just kind of thrown on screen real fast in a montage but for the most part we're in it's 1952 that's right everybody 1952 Eisenhower's about to be elected president uh-huh. everybody is doing the Lindy Hop and people can't get enough of chili fries <laughs> uh, is, is that is that uh, that's all facts based on Romania in 1952. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. We're in Romania. <laughs> We're in Romania. Oh, yeah. And I have to say that um, because I did not know anything about the nun mm-hmm. walking into it, I assumed that like the rest of the Conjuring universe, it would be taking place in the 70s. Uh-huh. So, so you, for like, a long time, I made a, made a big spread of food from <laughs> yeah. the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> it was all deviled eggs. I yeah, put on sure. some polyester bell bottoms. And no, I. Fondue. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, the whole point, what I'm saying is, for the longest time, I thought we were in a flashback. I thought that we were going to flash forward. I mean, technically, we are in a flashback, Dan, since the movie en- opens with the with the legend on the screen in 1952, and that's not this year. No, I, So it is kind of a flashback. I get but, it. But uh, I, I, I understand how you missed that moment where they identified the year the movie was taking oh, place. Oh, God. Okay. We're in Romania. There's this abbey in Romania. Uh-huh. It's haunted by an evil spirit that needs a human host, and it gets loose. And a nun kills herself rather than host it. And I think that's just being a bad hostess. Have you ever had people coming to your house and you kill yourself rather than show them a good time? I would say that's a party foul. What do you guys think? Well, Wait, I mean, is, is I'm foul very... a pun? <laughs> I'm, I'm, very con- I'm very conflict averse. So I can see that being like a possible option for me rather than causing a fuss. Then just be like, I'm going to opt out of the situation. Sure. Uh, now, of course, I, I in no way want to make fun of suicide, but it's it's the movie happens. It's like the movie. It, it's like the movie is like, here's the star of your movie. Psych. This character is not important anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess they're trying to point out that like the evil of the nun is so terrifying that uh, a nun that a, uh, a a nun would commit a mortal sin by taking her own yes. life. Right. She, she would rather she would rather uh, go to hell for ending her life than be the hostess for this thing again. As God says in the Bible, the ultimate party foul. Uh, we go to Vatican City, where Father Burke we meet. He's a priest detective who investigates miracles and exorcism yeah, yeah. and things like that. Played by Damien Classic. Bashir. Yeah, he's a real hunk. <laughs> he's not even. And then there's a double hunk in this movie because there's another handsome guy who shows up. Uh-huh. And we also are you talking meet, about gonna... Michael Smiley playing a evil like Catholic priest guy? Oh no, <laughs> that's not who I was talking about. <laughs> I was going to say because I mean Michael Smiley's a lot of things, but I don't know if I would definitely call him a hunk. Well, maybe technically. <laughs> you know what? Tech. I think it falls under the technical definition of at least one ab. <laughs> so uh, Father Burke, he's going to be. He's got to investigate this surprising uh, incident at the Abbey, and he's going to be teamed up with Sister Irene, a young novitiate. She hasn't yet taken her vows as a nun yet, but. We meet her. She's the kind of young nun who questions things. She doesn't just take the immediate orthodoxy. She even tells one of her orphans, students, I'm not sure, uh, that some things in the Bible aren't literally true. Now, Dan, I know you're kind of an evangelical. How did you feel about that? Uh, I am not. I Although I grew up Christian, it was a, uh, it was a very sort of liberal uh, 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 sect. It's not a sect. So, I don't— I so, don't. <laughs> when Dan, so I know you grew up, you went to Catholic school, right? When you were at Father O'Malley's uh, school, did, were the nuns as mean as people say? Protestant, never had any uh, direct contact with nuns. They've always seemed nice from a distance when I see them around New York from time to time, but that's about all I know. Or where you see them like flying around, right? Yeah. Isn't there a flying nun? Or, you know, the nonsense <laughs> they get into is such crazy nonsense. But uh, I also want to say, I don't think you said that the uh, no, no, vi- Novitiate? Yep, Is that how you yep. say it? Uh, yeah. Sister Irene. Just call her Sister Irene. Played by Tessa Farmiga, who's uh, the sister to Vera Farmiga, who is oh, one of I the stars of that. the Conjuring series. It's They're keeping it in the family. Yeah. It's a real family affair. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you have more? Uh, all in the family. Yeah. I guess. Family, it's they, We're seeing their family ties. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And their yeah. family matters. Now, can we... Uh... Well, all families are made of matter, Dan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are, you, are you positing some sort of antimatter family? 
<laughs> that would be where Stefan or Cal is the neighbor. That's the <laughs> that's family antimatters. Dan, what would if the family from Family Matters and the family from Family Antimatters met? Would they explode, explode. and destroy they would each explode. other? Yes, that's yeah. That's what uh, they, like, movie physics have told me at least. Like in uh, Time Cop. <laughs> yeah, we we have so it's a real Time Cop type scenario. So anyway, Time Cop is going to investigate this mystery. Uh-huh. Just kidding. It's Father Burke and Sister Irene. Uh, so they go to Romania. It's this backwards local village. The locals, they never speak of the Abbey. It is classic movie spooky stuff. Yeah. Nobody even sees the nuns. The, the, their supplies are delivered by one man, a French-Canadian that they call Frenchy. I don't remember what his character name was or the actor. And he's never even seen the nuns. He just leaves their goods by the back door. But he's the one who found this nun's body and buried it. He, he explains that the Abbey was hit by a bomb during a bombing raid in World War II, which ended seven years previously, uh, but nobody's talked to any of the nuns in years. And when they go there, they he, he shows them that on the body there was a weird key of some kind. Ooh, because spo- it can't spell spooky mm-hmm. without key. That's right. And he uh, or spook. He, I mean, we'll get we'll get to <laughs> okay. Good point. Or or spoo. Well, I mean, we'll probably really dig into this character Frenchy later. But I think it speaks to kind of his values that he didn't just steal that key. You know, he left it with the body. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, but then do they bury the body together? He already buried it. I can't uh, he did not bury it. He stuffed it in the like ice ice house. He put it. In the, oh, that's right. To preserve freezer, it. Yeah. To keep it for He's later like, in case he has to eat it, I he guess. Saw, he saw the body lying there on the steps and blood everywhere. And then he's like, we got to put this on ice. And then he put sunglasses on and then the guitar <laughs> started playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was some kind of knockoff Who song. It was called Who Is You. <laughs> yeah. Who goes there? Actually, it would be pretty funny if he put on his sunglasses then. Who can it be now? <laughs> started playing. And they're like, this is what we could afford. I'm sorry, it's the nun. Uh, this Then we enter uh, what is the theme of the movie, which is wandering around spooky hallways quietly, uh-huh. waiting for things to happen. Because they go into the spooky abbey, and they find the crypt, and there's a shrouded abbess there. You don't see her face. She's pretty spooky creepy. And she's got a creepy, high-pitched, you know, old lady voice. Mm-hmm. And she tells them to come back in the morning after they take their nightly vow of silence. But Burke and Irene are like, yeah, but I guess we're just going to stay here for the night. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting move where it's like, we'll answer your questions in the morning if you stay the <laughs> night here. And they're like, wow, I didn't realize I was hazing for a fraternity, but yeah. okay. <laughs> yes. Maybe they You'll just also inherit the... your uncle's yeah. ten million dollars. <laughs> and and like, I can't remember if the abbess is doing this, but I feel like there's a lot of like the the abbess has like a shroud over her face, and she'll like turn her head fast and we'll hear like a crazy cracking sound and you're like uh, uh are <laughs> <Yeah>. you okay <laughs> is, is, is she getting ready to fight Jean-Claude Van Damme like what's yep. the, the neck cracking so here's the thing Stuart and maybe you can shed some light on this uh-huh. I this is when I started wondering was this movie written by some people playing a role-playing game because it's like you meet the spooky abbess she tells you to come back in the morning so uh-huh. are you guys going to go back to the village or do you want to spend the night at the spooky abbey I, like that's what it feels like to me i feel like based on my experiences running role-playing games that scene would have gone like this you meet a spooky abbess she tells you that the players are like okay well uh i try and pull the pull the veil off and i'm like no you can't <laughs> <laughs> like no i'm gonna roll to do it i'm like no stop uh the abbess slaps your hand away <laughs> just do what she wants 
So, uh, so they're acting the way you wish that the players in your role playing games. Were. Yeah, yeah, where they're like, oh, duh, okay. <laughs> and then, and then Frenchie, the I play role playing games, right? Play and then you. Frenchie's like, oh, I'm, I guess I'm just gonna go home. Let me uh, follow this detour into the fog machine filled cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, this now, Abbey uh, Road. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how long are you Oof, saving that? Dan, one? I don't wow. know. I mean, I've been, I have been working on a Dear Abby thing for a while that I just haven't been able to crack. So, oh, yeah. if you guys have any help, you know, or or listeners, write in. Mm-hmm. What's, the, <laughs> what's the Dear Abby joke I should have made in the first half of this program? I mean, it would have been weird because it's uh, human Abby. Deer are animals that <laughs> don't have religion. Okay. <laughs> I mean, technically the monsters. Abby is not human. The Abby is a, is a building which no. is housing these people. I, I mean, guess my... you call the organization. The Abyss runs the Abby, and the Abbot is Lou Costello's I mean, uh, I, partner I, in a number of tomfoolery-filled <laughs> uh, uh Yep. movies uh-huh. papers I, <laughs> some of them some of them are them just kind of like getting into trouble some of them have monsters but uh you might say hey yeah bet yeah to uh, find out some answers if you want to find where the abbot is but again there's no abbot in this movie it's just an abbess yeah, yeah so I, speaking of monsters there's this great bit okay. where uh <laughs> well where frenchie's not, walking around the cemetery <laughs> and then there's like there's this like spooky nun walking around with uh that looks exactly like the nun who he found hanging. She's walking mm-hmm. around with a noose. And then, uh, like what, this happens a lot in the movie where the character will walk around, maybe he'll see something spooky, and then we'll see it from his perspective. And then the camera will turn to the left and then turn to the right and then back to where the monster was before, and then it's gone. <laughs> Uh, there's this zombie nun corpse, and it seems like the demon's big plan is always to like attack them and then stop right before it kills them. Yeah. I will like, like the one. It's th- it's it's monster movie logic where it's like the monster is scary. Ah, and time back to your corners, everybody. We can't kill him yet because the movie has to keep going. Mm-hmm. But good work, monster. Good work. Take some orange slices. Take a lap. Then let's come back and you'll attack again in like fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Literally, the only um, the only credit I gave this movie while watching it was about the first jump scare. It was based on the Conjuring series. Uh. What? Yes, that was the credit. No, that you gave to it. No, the only, like was that the fact that the first like b- like real jump scare in the, like the meat of the movie uh, is like legs coming down from the top of the screen. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh well, you know what? I mean, usually in these things, at least the thing jumps from the side of the screen. So yeah. I was slightly yeah. surprised. <laughs> it is more likely that he's not going to notice it early if it's coming down from above. Yeah, since a lot of times with jump scares. It relies on people having the same type of visual field as cameras, yeah. which means no peripheral vision whatsoever. Now, this this scene is kind not not particularly scary, and it doesn't really have uh, stakes because, as we said before, the 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 monster doesn't really make that much effort to kill anybody. It just is trying to scare him. But the great the great the reason why this scene is important in the movie is because after the zombie nun disappears and Frenchie's like. Oh man, I guess it was all just in my head. He he rips a uh, giant cross uh, grave marker out of the ground, and he's like, "Just gonna take this with me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he just carries it around with him. Yeah, for a while. it's pretty great. I I was like, "Oh, I hope he's gonna stab something with it," but he doesn't. Don't worry about it. He does not know. Uh, it's not Chekhov's torn out of the ground grave marker, yeah. which would have been used to stab somebody, or at least mark another grave. Uh-huh. So. Irene tells Burke that night that she became a nun because she used to see visions of the Virgin Mary, and Mary would tell her that Mary would point the way. And Burke is like, oh, that's interesting. Well, anyway, I once performed an exorcism on a boy, and he died. So that's our traumas. Glad we had this trauma-sharing moment. 
And the uh, I like yeah. I, they get a pretty good radio signal on their little radio in their in their little side room, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the radio wakes up Burke in the middle of the night because it's playing spooky jazz music <laughs> yep. or like big band music. And I love there's a, he like points his flashlight at it and it stops immediately. And it's like a cartoon Looney Tunes radio that's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I wanted them to do more that where he would move them the flashlight away and the radio would start, and then he'd put the flashlight on, the radio would stop again, like a Michigan J Frog type scenario. Yeah. But they don't go that far with it. Just to jump back a second, I would love it if uh jump back and kiss yourself? No. Because uh, you deserve it, Dan. Dan, I, you should love yourself because yeah, you're very lovable. I, that's fine. And if no one's, if you don't love yourself, no one else is going to love you. Either. I can love I myself it. without wanting to literally kiss myself. Okay, Dan, that's what I want to talk about too. You've been loving yourself, if you know what I mean, a little too much lately. <laughs> There's no, sorry, and no the such na- thing the as too much, Elliot. <laughs> the neighbors have been complaining that uh, you're getting a little loud with it. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you for the notes. But uh, what I wanted to say was... <laughs> <laughs> this has been Elliot Kalen, Masturbation Coach. <laughs> Earlier, you're talking about them like trading their traumas. And I think it would be really funny if like, after him talking about uh, failing to properly exorcise that boy or having a bad experience rather with, with it, like for the, the, no, the nun to be like, ugh, can't we like not talk about work after work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like not on the clock. <laughs> really funny. Uh, here's the thing about exorcism, guys. I've never been in one, obviously, <laughs> right. because I'm not Catholic, and also they're not real because demons yeah. are not real. Yeah. But here's the thing: it seems like the job of an exorcist is mainly just to yell Jesus's name at a kid right. until the kid behaves. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying you, that you should be able to DIY this. Like, kind of, yeah, because yeah, it never, it's never, it's always like, and then uh, the demon gets really mad and starts blowing wind all over the place, and like uh-huh. it's like basketball. He's just doing <laughs> things to try to distract the priest, but he never seems to really hurt them. So it's like, but to exercise someone, you just kind of have to stand there and just keep your ground and keep yelling, ah, in Domini Patros and things like that. You know, uh-huh. it's it seems like you could just print out the prayers off of the internet and exercise someone yourself now. Dan, again, we mentioned you grew up in this world of uh, exorcisms yeah. and demonology. I mean, Catholics what am I wrong and, with? and Protestants are very different, actually. I'll, there's some information about Martin Luther and some theses that I could forward to you. Wait, <laughs> some <laughs> but... theses. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Stuart, do you think you, you'd be ready to handle an exorcism? I mean, yeah. You've seen enough movies, Yeah, right? I mean... Why not? I mean, <laughs> Stuart's pondering it as if it's a job offer. Yeah, like, I what mean, are you gonna pay? How many? Like, are we talking one demon, two? <laughs> I'll have to charge more if it's if it's like legion, right? That's, That's the thing. I I started vomiting up flies. And just the other day, well, you and I was like, eating so many flies. That's the first. Thing. I mean, no, that's what I first thought. I was like, why am, I'm eating too many flies? But uh-huh. the flies were still alive. And then like bees started coming out, and I've wow. been eating bees. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You would have remembered if you ordered those at Sweet Greens or whatever. <laughs> Instead of getting usually just my Sweet Greens fly kale Caesar salad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I so that started happening, and then I started hearing these voices telling me to do unpardonable, unforgivable things. And they said that they were legion. And so, like, how much would you charge to get that out of my body? Because so far it hasn't been dangerous, but it's been annoying. Uh-huh. So, wait, you're saying you're being annoying? Wait, say this again? <laughs> <laughs> Give me your the symptoms. say I'm being too annoying, and they want you to get them out of my body so that I don't irritate them anymore. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes <laughs> because, sense. 
because the the demons were like, "We are Legion. We control you now." And I was like, "Uh oh, looks like Legion is here. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, everybody better stay clear because it's Legion." <laughs> and they started just rolling their their thousand eyes. Yeah. And I was like, "What am I bothering you guys?" And they're like, "No, it's it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Let's just keep going." But. Uh, yeah, they want to get out. So they were saying they'd pay you well. To oh, free wow. Them yeah, from yeah. Me. I mean, I, yeah. I guess the price has to at least double, right? I don't <laughs> I don't know. What up? I mean, it really feels like you should be negotiating with them, not with me. I mean, I mean, I guess they'll have to they'll have to set it up through my TaskRabbit app. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> OK, okay. <laughs> I wonder if there are people on TaskRabbit who will do exorcisms. Yeah, they'll move like a move some furniture for you or do an exorcism. Or I guess go to seven. Is Seven Eleven a thing? Can you go to Seven Eleven on a task rabbit? I think that's probably a thing. <laughs> Dan, is Seven Eleven a thing? Are you texting somebody about that? Sorry, uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, no, I, my my girlfriend had trouble doing something, and so I was texting her. Or sorry, my ghoul friend. Oh, thank had, you. Uh, oh, good. Thanks for making it relevant to yeah. our discussion, Dan. Sorry, mm-hmm. I apologize. Uh-huh. No, I'm glad that's going on right now. Um, <laughs> and it, t- it turns out what she's having trouble with is getting a mummy to go back to to the afterlife. So mm-hmm. it really would fit into what we're doing. But okay, so. Uh, meanwhile, so Burke, he's like, I gotta follow this radio signal, and uh-huh. it leads him to, uh oh, the dead boy that he exercised years ago. <laughs> that dead boy jumps out, a big snake comes out of his mouth, uh-huh. and Burke is like, whoa, 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 and falls backwards into a coffin, and suddenly he's buried alive. Now, Dan, uh, this 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 boy, this apparition of a boy that he uh, failed to exercise a demon from. The boy's name is Daniel. So when the priest uh-huh. kept saying Daniel over and over, were you like extra scared or were you just looking around? <laughs> Did you think they had personalized the movie for you? Like those books you get for kids and uh, everyone who watched it, their name was said? It was, yeah. Well, no, it's kind of like, you know, if a cat hears his or her name, uh-huh. like I just kind of cocked my head every time it happened because I was like, uh-huh. what, does someone need me? Uh-huh. You know, am I needed for something? But like, I didn't take me. It didn't take me out of the movie, guys. <laughs> okay, so you weren't you weren't like screaming at the screen. No. I'm right here. Yeah. Tell me what you need. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's so, he's down in the hole. Uh, he's the man of the box. Uh, just like in the Wire uh, theme song, he's down in the hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was oh, wait, so he's he's Eric. He's uh, he's a uh, Rob Brydon's man in a box. Uh, I mean, I was once again. Uh, those were both references to Alice in Chains songs, so I don't. Oh, I see. I wasn't I see. doing some like nerdy comedy bullshit. I was doing like cool <laughs> guy rock and roll shit. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's down in that box, and then uh, at this point, uh, Sister Irene has like a spooky dream with a bunch of nuns and an evil nun. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. sounds like this movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the movie is kind of like when in doubt, throw a bunch of nuns on the screen, mm-hmm. and one of them is probably going to be evil. The, the movie's like. Look, one in every 12 nuns is probably evil. So mm-hmm. if we get a ton of nuns on the screen, and that should <laughs> mm-hmm. be a movie right there, tons of nuns. But yeah, she has this bad dream. She wakes up and sees a ghost nun. A mirror explodes out at her. Uh-huh. The mirror budget for this Abbey must be crazy. Yeah. And meanwhile, Father Burke, he happens luckily to be in one, in one of those coffins that's rigged up with a bell in case you get buried alive. So he's ringing that bell. Mm-hmm. He has, look, that, that if that coffin said, you can ring my bell, nope. ring yeah. my bell, he nope. would say, yes, please, because I'm buried alive. Is that song about being buried alive, Dan? You're the you're the pop music fan. Uh, I have a counter question for you, Elliot. So, do you think a question about my counters? They're kind of like a formica quartz, <laughs> okay. I guess. Do you think that um, do you think that uh, an abbey of the time would have a bunch of mirrors, or do you think that would encourage the sin of vanity? Good question. 
It's a good question because what do you need that mirror for? You're not fixing your hair because it's mm-hmm. covered with a wimple. Mm-hmm. And as uh, we all know, that's the way the world ends <laughs> with a <the> wimple. <laughs> so the uh, so, and you don't you're not putting on makeup unless it's that one scene in Black Narcissus, which is chilling. Oh, what a good movie! Maybe I'll recommend that later. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you'd need that mirror, but maybe you need the mirror to like. Make sure there's not any food on your face or something because that'd be uh-huh. pretty disrespectful to God if you're doing Vespers or something and you got food all over your face. Yeah. So I'd say they would have one regulation size mirror uh-huh. and they would only use it after meals. Yeah, it would also be, uh, I feel like it would also be good for Dracula avoidance, right? Oh, quite the opposite. You're, he's not going to show up in it. No, but I mean, that's how you would like figure it out, right? Is he'd like... Oh, oh yeah, maybe. Oh, and also, like, if someone dies and you're not sure if they're dead or not, you can put that mirror under their nose to catch oh, their breath. But that's right. a huge mirror. That's a mirror. huge you, mirror. You'd need, like, six people to carry it around at least. Mm-hmm. But if, like, the BFG died and you weren't sure, you, that's the kind of mirror you would use. Sure, the big yeah. friendly giant. Not, I mean, you're not going to, you're also not going to have one of those big ceiling sex mirrors. So that's out, too. Wait. Okay, you wait, sure? So is wait, that... you're saying you would use this giant mirror for a sex mirror on the no, ceiling? No, I'm, I'm just saying that's another type of mirror you wouldn't have around. But what, yeah, you wouldn't have that in an abbey, right? That, right, that's my point. I okay. mean, or even in most homes or most buildings of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, how, how, what is the territory that your sex is taking you on that you need that big a mirror on the ceiling? I Well, I mean, you know, as big as the bed. I'm not saying that the whole room needs to be mirrored. Oh, top. I thought it, just in case, like you ended up on the other side of the room somehow. Yeah, like a ghost dropped me there or something. <laughs> Wait, what is going on in your love life, well, Dan? Oh, well, I don't want to talk about it. I guess oh, you man. did mention that you have a ghoul friend, so maybe ghosts are involved. <laughs> okay, so uh, Burke's ringing that bell, and Father Irene hears him, and she digs him out, uh-huh. and the, the, they find that the coffin, and in the coffin, there's like a nun that attacks him. Uh, in the coffin, they find some spooky old books, uh-huh. and I was like. Finally, a movie for me. A movie where the characters are going to go look at books for a while. Yeah, around this uh, point, I'm like, man, whoever's maintaining the grounds here is doing a pretty good job. This lawn is pretty <laughs> freshly shorn. <laughs> whoever's mani- man- uh, manning that smoke machine, make sure it's constantly pumping out tons of fog. Mm-hmm. And there's always a shovel nearby when you need it to uh-huh. dig someone out of a coffin. And, like, uh, is were they trying to do a bit with, like, the... Like that, there were multiple bells around the uh, around the cemetery, and she wasn't quite sure which one was going to be the right ringing one. Like, I'm not sure. I think maybe one of the nuns was playing tubular bells on the Pure Moods CD. Uh huh. Yeah. And so it's just confused. They said it wrong. Like, it's tubular bells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot the Ninja Turtles <laughs> produced that compilation album of <laughs> of atmospheric new wave tunes, yeah. featuring, of course, the X Files theme remix by DJ Dido. Uh, you don't really hear much about new wave anymore, is that or not new wave? It's not new age. It's, new wave is the post punk thing. I mean, you don't hear too much about that either, unless you're well, Dan no, that's... and you live in this kind of idealized world no. of the of 1980s culture. No, new wave is very influential on current rock music. I mean, and new age is yeah, very influential yeah. on the presidential run of uh, Marion Williamson. Right. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. Uh, ask an answer, counselor. Move on. I think the, ir- the irony is that most of the people who are interested in new age are now of old age. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Oh, man. Somebody get out a fire extinguisher. You're going to have to. Because as, as our French-Canadian friend Frenchie learns, uh, there's a lot of misfortune in the town, and everyone blames the Abbey. It turns out they're probably right, and he thinks our heroes are in danger. The next morning, 
Sister Irene's talking to this nun, mm-hmm. and meanwhile, Burke is doing the smartest thing you can do with old books about demons, reading aloud from them in a crypt. It was it so. was really weird for me because this when this uh, this scene opened up, like the la- the last we saw of Burke and Sister Irene, they were like, "Oh man, maybe there's some information in these books." And then it cuts to Frenchie in a in a in a pub in the town, and everybody's sad. And then he sees a shotgun, and he's like, "Okay, I know what I have to do." And then it cuts to the next morning with them in different outfits and the lighting's a little different. And for some reason watching it, I'm like, is this a dream? Is Are they reading this in the book? Obviously it isn't, but there was something very strange about it for me. Well, it also, the strange part for me is that, and this happens a lot in movies, is that it's like, ooh, something crazy happened to us. Well, time to hit the hay. And then the <laughs> next day, are they like showering and getting dressed? And they're like, oh, I can't wait to find out about that crazy thing. Well... Let's have a breakfast first. Uh, I'll have the uh, ooh full farmer's breakfast. It should uh, be called a breakfast, tomatoes. by the way, right? <laughs> uh, you misspoke and said breakfast, and you know what? I think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's a better name. Well, it is the first break of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's, it is not a better name because there's no such thing as break. There is, however, break, the word that it's corrupted from. Breaking mm, I was referring fast, to the character, but... the character Breck from Anne Leckie's ancillary <laughs> okay. series of novels. Uh-huh. But uh, these, uh, I th- there's also Brecker Morant, which is a great movie. And your friend, uh, anyway, okay, Breck so Mayhem. They're having they're having breakfast, and they're and they're like, "Do you guys?" So that spooky stuff last night was that real? And Father Brooke is like, "I thought it was a dream." Wait, uh, did you did say Father to you? Father Breck? Father Breck, Bertolt Breck. That's who I'm talking about. Oh wow! Uh, so there's a lot of distancing techniques being used here. Yeah. So guys, they anyway they find out. So uh, so Father Breck's just reading about Valak, the demon, inventor of the value pack, <laughs> uh, out loud. And I thought he was gonna like raise some spirits or something, but that didn't happen. But uh, Sister Irene, she. Uh, She's talking to this other nun, and the other nun's like, oh, yeah, yeah, so anyway, the abbey was built by an evil duke, and uh, he made a gateway for a demon, and the Catholic Church came and sealed it up with the blood of Christ, and then some bombs opened up the gateway. So anyway, that's what's going on, and it's like, wait a minute, was this, like, it was this, one, if she's going to just lay it out that easily, then why didn't they find that out earlier, but also... It, as a viewer, I was like, I figured that was basically the story, but like, it feels kind of like the whole experience has been cheapened by them. Just it's like a, like a, the the not having the chase or the seduction, if you will, in a love affair. It's like, sure, oh, this yeah. feels vulgar to me, vulgar and thin. What do you did you guys feel the same way? What that there's just an info dump explaining all the problems. <laughs> She's like, anyway, so now that the demon roams the abbey as a nun, so watch out for any weird nuns you might see. Yeah, so if you walk into a room and there's a bunch of bodies that are have their heads shrouded, uh, hanging upside down, and their blood is pooling into a gateway, yeah. uh, maybe uh, walk out. Or yeah, if there's, a, if there's a nun, <laughs> if there's a nun running after you, run away. If there's nuns on the run. That's just Eric Idle and uh, Robbie Coltrane, so you don't need to worry about that. But and then you're in for some good old fashioned joke em ups. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say fun, but you know <laughs> it would have run. Uh, I think that would be stretching the definition of fun to include nuns on the run in that. Yeah, not very fun. And, and if you're on a secret World War II mission, it's the nuns of Navarone. <laughs> yep. So anyway, uh, guys, but I was just, it was just surprising. But I think that priest might turn out to be a ghost later on, or what? Is that what happens? I, w- I was so unclear about how many nuns were actually in this abbey at any given point. Uh, wait, are you asking if all the nuns that Sister Irene interacts with are ghosts? Are they all ghosts? Yeah, they're all ghosts. 
She's okay, the only person that... who interacts with any of them. The only uh, the other characters only interact with nuns as like uh, zombie monsters. Oh, okay. I for, did not notice that. that. Yeah, well, Sister so, Irene's it, the only one who interacts with any of them by like talking. So, Unless you got the, the abbess, who is very clearly some kind of a monster. Yeah, since she's shrouded and making creaking noises with her neck and yeah. Yeah. sits on a throne in a crypt yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So she sees dead people, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean that's that's just the way that uh, that's the way that Valak, the evil uh, demon monster, is. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, is uh, the Snake Master? I think he's called. Uh, yeah. That's how he he has chosen to bedevil her. I think is by using mm-hmm. nuns, as she has not taken her vows yet. I think uh, they are still some so, kind of an authority figure or a symbol of her future, maybe. It gives her a real inferiority complex because it's like. It's like when you're a, a teen and you haven't done it yet and all your friends have and they're talking about it all the time and uh-huh. you're like, yeah, sure, okay, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, I was probably like, oh, why are you bothering me with this? I would very much like to talk to you about how the X-Men bear distinct similarities to uh, Greek heroes of yore. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I would love to have that conversation, to be honest. Uh, okay, guys, look, we got a demon problem on hand and uh-huh. it's called the nun. Uh-huh. So. Irene is like, uh, I got to stay overnight in the Abbey tonight. And she does the same thing all the characters do. She goes walking around after midnight out in the moonlight, mm-hmm. just like she used to do, and gets the usual spooky frights. She has a nightmare. Brooke, Burke, meanwhile, that night, he keeps getting choked by zombie ghoul nuns. It's uh-huh. like he can't, he can't turn around without a zombie ghoul nun choking him. And then an evil nun demon is chasing Irene. Ah! Yep. Ah! Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's a ah, lot of like, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of like, Characters walk from into a new room. That new room is scary. They get scared a little bit, uh, just a little, not too much, and then it moves on to the next <laughs> like room. Like the audience. And yeah. as usual, it almost <laughs> always features a moment where the character looks at the scary thing, turns to the, the camera turns to the left, turns to the right, back where the scary thing was, but it's not there anymore. Is yeah. it behind you? We don't know. It usually is. No one knows. <laughs> it, 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 and eventually it's going to strangle you because here's what I learned about the demon Valak in, her, in his form or her form as the nun is loves to strangle. Yeah, I mean, it's. Loves a, strangling. Snake mm-hmm. master. Snakes are stranglers. Uh, well, oh, wow. some snakes are stranglers. Yeah, come on. That is a. Uh... Oh, or poisoners. It's <laughs> <laughs> like two Thank methods you. of death. <laughs> Painting snakes with a pretty broad brush so that I don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic since they're such narrow animals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, guys, when God made snakes, uh-huh. do you think he meant to give them legs, and then he just forgot because he had to deal with like Satan or something, and he mm-hmm. left the table? I mean, and then he came back. Wasn't the Adam and Eve story wasn't part of it that like you're like because of it you're cursed to? You're the expert, the dude. Yeah, Dan, you're the one who grew up in a theological household. Yeah, Elliot's just trying to <laughs> run ideas for I mean, a B grade Far Side cartoon. I, I, I grew <laughs> well, there up... is a Far Side cartoon where God's making snakes, and he's like, "These things are so easy." He's just he's just doing the thing where you just roll a lump of clay between your hands until it becomes a long yeah. a long rod. Yeah, I just I mean I want to clarify that I grew up in a Christian household. Uh-huh. And, yeah, exactly. And because it was focused, it was actually focused more on theology. Like we did not take. Uh, the Old Testament, in particular, stories to have literal meaning that we needed to understand. They were looked upon as you know stories that might illuminate something about 
Elliot, I don't know world. about you, but I'm a little uncomfortable with all this preaching Dan's doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dan, look, I'm very comfortable with my religion, and I don't need you to try to convince me to join yours, which I guess is a religion of uh, are you, doubt. Are you sure? Just a religion of, <laughs> just a religion of self-doubt but, and, and uh, uncertainty. But, Elliot, if I uh, if I get 10 more people to sign up, I get a free membership. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> Uh, so this is like so Dan. I think this. I think you shouldn't have joined the Church of Herbalife. I think that was a mistake. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, the de- that demon he attacks Burke in the form of Daniel, the exercised kid again, and Irene finds she's it. So we. It's been told to us that the nuns are just taking turns praying forever, like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. The, the nuns take turns so that prayer never stops in the abbey. And for centuries, there's always been some nun saying the prayers. Obviously, that's not the case anymore because they're all ghosts now. Yeah, but that was – and that, that was that was in an attempt to, like, keep the evil at bay, keep the, like, sealed portal closed so that hell couldn't come out, right? Yeah, And then exactly. I'm guessing a bomb hit the abbey and a piece of wood comically bonked a nun on the head and they stopped. <laughs> and that's probably what happened. And the nun woke up and thought she was a famous Italian race car driver and left. <laughs> and and the, and the demon, that gave the demon the opening he needed yeah. to leave. Uh, so Irene is joined by And by, by leave, army you mean of- just wanders around the abbey for a while. Yes, because there's no way out. Because it's essentially one round tunnel with no with no entrance or exit. Oh, but I guess they need the demon needs like a like a living host, right? So I guess that makes sense. I shouldn't have made it. Yeah, yeah. The demon can't, uh, as as we saw in the prologue, the Uh demon can't just walk out on its own. Yeah, it needs a human host because demon. That I guess that's demon rules. I don't know, ultra powerful, Mm -hmm. but they but they need a body. So it seems like our heroes, uh, Burke and Irene, uh, are a little overmatched here. Like they they're separated and getting beaten at every turn by the demon. And of course, that means that's when Frenchie arrives. (laughs) Wait, wait, we're we're not we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Uh, Irene is is praying with an army of nuns. There's an army of nuns that are praying all together, and the demon's really tossing her tossing the nuns around and slashing up Irene's back and slashing her clothes. That's when Burke uh, is led to the horror room by a clue in a crossword puzzle that he sees. <laughs> because when he's he's been used doing a crossword puzzle throughout the movie, and this is when that becomes a plot point. Uh, and that's when Frenchie comes back, saves him from a zombie. How does he do it, Stuart? Oh, uh, wait, what? There's a crossword puzzle? <laughs> yeah, I was surprised <laughs> by that, too. You can tell how much I, I was engaged with the details of the movie by this point. I mean, I if it was a, important enough to works. interrupt my description, uh, you surely remember what the clue was in the crossword puzzle, Elliot. Well, the thing, the thing I really wanted to interrupt was I wanted to tell everyone about how Irene has now taken on the task of praying to keep the door the gateway closed and she thinks she's surrounded by these other nuns who are being killed by the demon and she feels like she is being attacked by the demon because that's going to come up that's going to be important but the, the i mean the crossword puzzle it says like left or something <laughs> like that and he goes to the left and there's the room he's like and I four were uh, four letters opposite of right well, wrong is not that's five letters <laughs> no that's five letters let me sit and do this oh why did I start in ink I should have started in pencil yeah, maybe this is and, one of those uh, Thursday po- crosswords where one of the letters is missing so maybe it is wrong W-R-O-N <laughs> this now it posits a world where God is Will Shorts which yeah. we don't want to live in that universe Oh, well, he seems like he'd be a pretty benevolent god. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, a lot of puzzles a, we'd have to figure out, though, to I get mean, through day-to-day to, life. To be honest, I mean, life is a constant puzzle, and you don't get all the clues. Yeah. And then at the end, the all you get as a reward is 
a finished crossword puzzle. Me, so you know what? Maybe he is. Maybe God is Will Shorts. Let me write this down for my Etsy cross stitch project. I'm interested in this new religion you've created, Elliot. Uh, maybe I could switch over to that one because the membership fees in my current one. Are... Well, Dan, I, ours are very competitive. Look, it's ninety nine dollars okay. to as the initiation fee, and then it's just six hundred dollars a month. Okay. That's your basic standard plan. That gets you nope. one crossword puzzle a month. Wow. Uh, not a Will Shorts crossword puzzle, but a crossword puzzle. We clip it out of, uh, not the New York Times, but out of the TV guide and <laughs> send it to you. Now, if you upgrade to the $2,000 a month level, then we'll send you two New York Times crossword puzzles a month. And again, if you get 10 people to join, then you get up to three weeks free. So we'll just prorate that monthly fee. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, you get absolution from all sins that are crossword puzzle related. Like yeah. if you cheat on a crossword puzzle uh-huh. or if you cross out the letters and write something else in, mm-hmm. you're absolved of that sin. And um, uh, you just ha- owe us a billion years of service. So yeah. oh. can I sign you up? Yeah. I mean, that is actually pretty close to the cost of subscribing to the New York Times crosswords. So. Do you uh, just a clarifying question? You said you clip it out of a TV guide. Do they still make print TV guides, or do you have to like print it off the internet? These are vintage TV guides that we <laughs> okay. find in flea markets and old age yeah. homes across the country. To be country. honest, most of the crosswords are already done at this point, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but you can take those as omens or some of the, something. I don't know. Sure. Uh, so they uh, so Frenchie he saves Burke from a from a zombie, and they go into the horror room and. Irene is all alone in there. It turns out there were no other nuns. As Stuart was making clear before, they're all good, good, good ghosts. She's the only nun, 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 nun still left in the abbey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, and Burke burns up a nun zombie. He like that was great. touches it with a cross and yeah. Yeah. So the nun zombie gets up and they're like wrestling with it and they set it on fire and then Frenchie just blasts it with a shotgun. It's pretty great. <laughs> He's like, this is what's black and white and red all over, uh-huh. and then shoots the nun. <laughs> uh. Oh, a crossword joke, right? That's what uh, I mean, it, it could be. Sort of. I mean, it could be. Uh, so they're you like, re- you read the words in a crossword. What? <laughs> Dan, what? Dan, help! Help me! No, it's a, help, I thought Dan. you were making a joke about a newspaper that had blood on it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Dan, where's the Where's the newspaper? Where's the crossword puzzle? And the, the newspaper. newspaper. Uh, Third base. And blood. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they've got to seal this gateway, but they need Christ's blood to do it. As they know from the flashback earlier when the nun was info dumping, there's like a glass globe that has a little bit of Jesus's blood in it. Uh-huh. And this feels like it's a long game for Valak because eventually they're going to run out of blood. Yeah. Jesus only had eight pints of blood in him, right? So eventually, how long? how many thousands of years is that going to last? So I mean, you don't drain it all thing. at once, right? You just take little globs every once in a while, right? Now, was this? No, no. But eventually, they're gonna run out, even with the just taking those little drips. So is this long congealed, like clotted blood? Like I don't. It's magic, dude. I mean, stays... that's magic. well, they they address that there's a big pile of blood on the front steps. <laughs> yeah, when they like walk wow. up to the abbey and they're like, "Wow, it's still wet." Yeah, but it's been yeah. like a bunch of days. Oh. Yeah, because magic blood stays wet. I mean, you'd have to assume buying into this world of Catholic mysticism that Christ's blood would just stay liquid forever, since it's a holy miracle that it exists at all. Yeah. Uh, but you know, maybe it maybe it's that's the fr- they should have had that when they're pouring it to seal the gateway. It's like syrup or ketchup, and it's taking yeah. forever. And the demon is running after them. And they're like, "Come on, come on, come on, come on!" I like mean, when someone's trying to get download a file mm-hmm. before someone else walks into the room, yep. and that status bar is just just going yeah. too slow. Maybe he turned it. 
back into wine to keep it liquid over the years. What? Mm. Oh, yeah, that was, makes sense. That makes that a lot of water. sense. What? Is it no, yeah, the, it was water I'm that turned into wine. talking about the communion. When oh, he's right. like, this uh, is my Whitley's driver, blood. Whitley's, Whitley's driver's communion when the aliens uh, came down and broke him? drink wine in honor of Jesus' blood in being church? spilled. And he says this is... And Catholics would believe it's the literal blood of Christ because of trans, transubstantiation. Dan, I told you to not preach so much <laughs> oh, to me. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, Dan, we're not interested in joining your, your religion, okay? <laughs> okay. So, but Dan <sighs> makes a good point. I mean, I wouldn't know because as, as a Jew... I don't drink wine. <laughs> oh, Actually, it's not cool. true. Wine is a staple of yeah. almost all Jewish just, holidays. Just that's gross more wine. That's <laughs> <laughs> the Jews say. I don't drink good wine. That's what a Jewish vampire would say. Uh, years years so ago it, at a at a Purim party at Charlene's, I think Charlene tried to come up with a cocktail using Manischewitz and <laughs> quickly abandoned it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, what's it like when you drink a pixie stick? Well, there it is, Manischewitz. It's very sweet. Okay, so they've got to seal this gateway. They need Christ's blood to do it, but where's the relic? Irene says, before we do this, I know we should probably hurry because Valak is trying to steal our bodies so it can escape into the world. But first, I feel like I should be a nun to do this. I want to take my vows because you know what? This movie's called The Nun, mm -hmm. and all the nuns are ghosts. There's mm -hmm. not a real nun in this whole movie. Time for me to step up and become The Nun. Because yeah. here's my question, guys. Who's the nun in this movie? It's is her. It, it's I Irene. Thought it, I thought it was the demon nun this whole time, but is it really her, Irene? In uh, in storytelling, Elliot, we would call this the tilt. <laughs> what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when you think it's, you think the nun in the title refers to the monster <laughs> nun. No, 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 not so fast. It's Sister Irene who will become a n the nun. And that... Okay. What... Emotion does that elicit? <laughs> Shock and surprise! <laughs> the, well, really, this that's mild what? play on the title is gonna... <laughs> that's that's get, when freak when, our brains. When Dan and Mind. I were watching this movie in the movie theater, in Dan's per private movie theater, as in his apartment, yeah. he turned to me and he goes, "Now she's the nun." <laughs> I was like, "Calm down, dude. I'm trying to watch the movie." No, that's that's when I held uncomfortably long eye contact with Stuart. <laughs> yeah, Dan just looked at him forever and went, and then there were none. <laughs> so uh, they follow. So Irene's like, oh, when I was young, I always had this dream that Mary would point the way, and they see a statue of the Virgin Mary, and it points them where the holy relic is. So much as uh, in the hit film Signs, yeah. something that happened as a kid now turns out to be uh, the thing she needs in this moment because God is nothing if not confusing and also... Uh, I guess operating on a different sense of linear time. Yeah, yeah. Because it'd be yeah. much more helpful if if God gave her that information now than if He gave it to her as a child. Yeah. He's like remember this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Write this down. And the way the like light is, uh, the like sunlight is bouncing off the statue's finger to point the way is very, very much like the way like Nathan Drake would solve a mystery in the Uncharted video games. <laughs> 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 like a pirate said that this thing would be pointing at this. Uh, so they get the holy relic. Uh, I guess it's got some blood in it. It just looked like a glass globe to me. They split up, because why wouldn't they? Uh -huh. They have what they need, and they know where they need to go. Why not split up and go in different directions? Now, a lot of dungeon crawling. They're all getting attacked by haunty things. Obviously, at this point, you're probably wondering, why don't they just take the blood and pour it all over Frenchie's shotgun bullets so he can oh. blast that nun? But, oh, you know... Wow. 
I mean, that would require a certain level of crafting skill. You mm. probably haven't got enough experience points for that yet, so we'll just move on. <laughs> Wait, crafting <laughs> skill? To yeah, just you have to have the crafting skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to you have to find a crafting station. I guess in this case it would be I don't know, like a maybe like a sarcophagus or something that has uh, you hit the X button and then you have to hold the Y button to, to craft the item you want to craft. Could find a sarcophagus, but he doesn't have enough crafting tools, so he can't craft to dip a it. And as I mentioned, he, it takes a lot of experience points to raise your crafting skill to that level. What and you also have to have the holy tree. You have to have the holy. Trader, else he can't make a holy weapon like that. How do you get this experience? <laughs> you get experience points by battling demons, Dan. Yes, yeah, so that's why they go through the blood. <laughs> that's why they go through the hallways fighting those demons is to get their XPs up so yeah, they can gotta, make the blood bullets. Yeah, you gotta okay. grind a little bit. All right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you so, got a farm. Like, uh, obviously, you would normally in this situation be like, "Oh, I got a job in a real life. I don't have time to farm XPs. I'll pay my little brother to do it." Mm-hmm. Now, that would normally be a good idea, but you give your money to your brother the money first big mistake no, <laughs> instead no, of no, farming those that. xps he takes that money down to the corner store and he buys all kinds of candy and you're like normally this is a good idea because candy has plenty of nutritious value just check the wrapper it says it so he starts eating all the candy big mistake because <laughs> that candy as there was a problem at the factory and they accidentally put oh, they put God. shrinking serum in the candy oh, God. Okay, no. now normally you'd say that's fine my little brother could be a little bit smaller than he'd sure? still be my little brother because yeah. he's small okay but the problem that's is that's the important thing the name's but he ate so much of it right so much of that candy so he eats all that candy Big mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> because he shrunk so small, now he can uh, walk between the, the, the spaces between the particles in oh. your atoms. <laughs> he goes back in time. Yep. Big mistake. Wait. Now he's your older brother, but he's far too small to actually do anything about it. He can't pick on you. He can't help you. He can't teach you how to ride a bike because, as I said before, he's so small. <laughs> Series of unfortunate events. I'll, I mean, you can ex- you can extrapolate this problem yeah. from here on. I don't have to go yeah. into it. Oh yeah. Luckily, Elizabeth Warren's got a plan for all that. So anyway, uh, they split up and they're they're dungeon crawling. Uh, they're all getting haunted and attacked. Burke gets bitten in the face by a demon ghost snake, mm-hmm. uh, and Irene almost drowns, but. She pulls a little bit of uh, nonsense of her own mm-hmm. while she's she pretends that she's dead so that the demon will like lift her up out of the water to check her work because the demon loves strangling and when she does that she spits a mouthful of Christ's blood right into Valak's demon nun face. Whoa! And Valak's like, I saw this in the movie Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he got she had like a sneak preview of it because this is 1952. Remember when this is happening? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like. Time is uh, time's kind of like an artificial construct for a demon like Valak. So Valak exists at all points in all times. Uh, so it's probably see. already okay, seen Demon Knight. So and by uh, that I mean probably hasn't yet seen Demon Knight. It's cra- it's it's complicated. Yeah, I'll I'll draw you a map. <laughs> <laughs> I want, yeah, I want I want to see I want to see your work on this one. Uh, so. Uh, Valak is like, no, blah, blah, and is like crumbling to little pieces and gets dragged back to hell. And Irene looks like she's drowned, but then Frenchie gives her mouth to mouth and saves her. Uh, I forgot to mention uh, Frenchie gets his... Uh, there's a part earlier where you think Frenchie gets killed by Valak, but that's only after Frenchie gets his badass catchphrase moment where the demon is like, you should have stayed away, Frenchman. And he goes, I'm French-Canadian. And then, what, shoots her with a... Right, shotgun or something? Yeah, yeah I mean, that is an important... That's when, 
that is Dan an important. And I were in the, we were in the theater. Oh yeah, right? yeah, and my we home were, theater. We that were sharing this giant tub of popcorn, and when that happened, Dan threw the popcorn bucket in the air, and I'm like, Dan, I, want, I was eating that. Yeah. Well, but he was just so excited about it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, a Nazi monkey had poured some poison <laughs> in it, so I, that was actually why I kept you from eating any more. But I didn't realize the Nazi, uh, the, the monkey was a Nazi in <laughs> well, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, no, well, I, I mean, he does salute, he's right? He's working for the Nazis. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think as a monkey, he probably does not have a moral sense about what he's signed up for to support. Because as you know... Monkeys didn't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, as Adam and Eve did. We went over this, Dan. Yeah. Please stop proselytizing. Yeah. I just want to say that if someone told me that they weren't French, they were French-Canadian, I would be more scared of them than before. Yeah. Like, I do think that that's accurate. Uh-huh. Okay, There's interesting. a lot of tough French-Canadians French Canadians that scares they're you so much, you know, that they're all lumberjacks? They're all, yeah, they're all lumberjacks. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Every, every or, or all ho- of them. Or hockey players. Yeah. I mean, what's a hockey player but a lumberjack on ice, that's to be true. honest? That's actually true. Put it, let's put it on a T-shirt and sell it in Canada. <laughs> I think you do, it's a Venn diagram, and one says hockey players and one says lumberjacks, and it almost totally overlaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're very close uh, okay, to the Okay, so end. the next morning, they leave. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't leave that night. The problem's taken care of, but I guess they want to spend another night in this creepy old abbey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think and... I think we've covered that. Like when you gotta uh, for these characters, when you gotta catch some Z's, you gotta do it. it doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter if you've so. just been buried alive and again, found a bunch like, of demon books. Again, they gotta get those HPs back. Yeah, uh, thank you, Dan. There's a rest period. Thank you for speaking uh, in my language. <laughs> finally, Dan understands Stewart's religion. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is that normally, uh, normally when you uh, rest and heal all your HPs back, then all the enemies in the area respawn. But haha, you've already defeated the mm-hmm. boss, so you don't have to worry about it. It's fine. So, uh, so I guess they're also reburying all the nuns that night, right? Like they're reconsecrating the ground of the abbey. Uh, the next morning they leave, yeah. and everyone's like, "Oh, this is great. We're all going to go now." But uh oh, what's that on the back of Frenchie's neck? It's an upside-down cross. Looks like Valak did find its host. Mm-hmm. Ah! Mm-hmm. Ah! And then suddenly, and this was the strangest thing, It's a, this again, to tie it in with the rest of the Conjuring uh, universe, it says 20 years later, and I, it's the investigators from the Conjuring, right? They're giving like a presentation at a college yes. or is it a local community center, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, we dealt with the uh, exorcism of this guy, this guy Maurice. He was a French-Canadian who got possessed. And it's like, so we dealt with that. And I was... And not having seen the other Conjuring movies, I was like, so is he in the other Conjuring movies? Or is that... Like, they treat it as if this is like I feel a major like thing. For some I, reason, it it feels like... I mean, I don't remember the first Conjuring that well, but there's a chance that this, like, this footage was used in the beginning of the first Conjuring. Yeah, there's a chance. I don't know. I, I did not care enough, to be honest, to really, like, un, unspool this ball of yarn. But I think that this is meant to go directly into the beginning of either the original Conjuring or Conjuring 2 and, and it being like, this is how they come to know of like some supernatural thing that needs to be taken care of uh-huh. is I through see. this of, exorcism. Of Valak, right? Yeah. Because Valak shows up later in the series. Yeah. So it's like Valak, this is when they finally, when Harry met Valak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they were dealing with, with I the mean, French-Canadian guy. This is a an epilogue that is total nonsense if you haven't seen other conjuring films you're like wow what a weird way to end a movie we like one character rides off and then we flash forward to 20 years where he gets exercised of the demon we saw that it was in 
the end. Yeah, and I do like how it does that thing where it, like they do the reveal. They're like they called him Frenchy, and then the camera, like the the film, pauses for a second, and then it like slowly fades to black in like a classic horror movie sort of way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because they're they're bringing it all together finally. Uh, yeah, so some some stray thoughts here. Now there was a great moment in the movie where. When they find the relic, uh, and they're like, this is the blood of Jesus Christ. And Frenchie goes, holy shit. And Father Burke, of course, says, the holiest. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, it, there's he moments is implicitly when this, calling Jesus' blood shit, which I assume would be heresy. I mean, there's, a funny moment. there's definitely moments in this movie where I'm like, they want it to be silly and wacky. Like, it's not a super serious horror movie. Um, and I think I think those points are fun but i wish it i don't know i wish it i guess we're going into final judgments yeah let's do final judgments is a good oh wait is this movie totally scarifying is it totally snorifying uh-huh. or is it frighteningly funny mm-hmm. uh so yeah i guess i guess i'm i'm saying i'm gonna i'm gonna say this one's snorifying i mean i like it when uh possessed kid ghosts barf out uh snakes <laughs> that come chasing people around but it like it just if it, it is just like a collection of jump scares. Uh, I liked, I mean, I like the performances from the leads, but it, there's just not that much going on here. There's nothing really to, uh, to like. I feel like there's nothing. The movie, other than jump scares, the movie doesn't actually ground itself in anything that's really that scary. Uh, it do, the characters are fairly thin, and they yeah. don't have anything. I don't know. Like it's there's nothing, there's nothing deeper than the immediate going on in this movie. Yeah, I th- it, it yeah it feels it feels like they they uh they took a movie they took what should have been like the the B subplot of a sequel like this flashback parallel line and tried to make it into its own movie and it, they just don't have enough movie there not enough movie. Yeah, I I you know the movie looks pretty good and i think tessa farmiga in particular i liked her performance but in general i was just bored i, I kind of wanted it either to be more of like a slow burn horror movie that focused on creeping you out or more of just like wacky like we're gonna throw all kinds of scares at you Ton, tons more frenchie tons more scenes where our leads when hiring frenchie to take them to the abbey accidentally put their bags on a truck that is not frenchie's and it drives away and Frenchie is like has a mule cart and he laughs at them and he calls for the truck to stop. And eagle-eyed viewers will spot that the license plate on that truck says Valak on it, as if Valak himself was trying to steal <laughs> their luggage. <laughs> is that is that what he's in it for the whole time? Is Valak's just trying to steal people's things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like, what's the best way to steal someone's things? To become them by inhabiting their body. Because then it's your things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah possession I'm go say... is nine-tenths of the law. Oh, oh, shit. That would have been a great tagline. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. If it, was, if, it was called, if it was called Exorcist Cop, uh-huh. whose possession is nine-tenths of the law, I'd watch that movie. Sure. Yeah. So, Snorifying. Yeah, so three say snorifying. snorifying. Okay. I'm glad you finally caught on to my arcane system of measurement. Well, Alexis, we got big news. Uh Uh-oh. Season one, done. It's over. Season two, 
coming at you hot three years after <laughs> three our and season three one and technically right. almost four years all right and now listen here at can i pet your dog the smash yes. podcast our seasons run for three and a half years <laughs> and then in season two we come at you with new hot co-hosts named you hi i'm alexis <laughs> uh, field trip dog tech yeah dog news dog news celebrity guests oh big shots will not let them talk about their resume nope only yeah, the dogs only the dogs i mean if ever you were gonna get into can i pet your dog now's the time get in here every tuesday at maximumfun.org listen i'm a hotshot hollywood movie producer you have until i finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea go all right it's called who shot you a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes i'm iffy whitey the new host of the show and a certified bbn bbn buff black nerd i'm alonzo duraldi an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on christmas movies i'm drea clark a loud white lady from minnesota each week we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry it's like guess who's coming to dinner meets cruising and if it helps seal the deal i can flex my muscles while we record each episode I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. And now on... <laughs> Why are you pausing so much? <laughs> now no, I, don't, I don't know what you hold expected on, me to say about that. He's like, pause, hold on. pause for audience laughter. Hold, hold <laughs> on. Is that where you're going to put the beep so people know to turn their page in the read aloud version of this? And now on to ads. Oh, cool. Square <laughs> Flophouse is sponsored in part by Squarespace. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Make it a reality with Squarespace. Uh, create a beautiful website to showcase your work, blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, or whatever else you may want a website for. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful, customizable, mobile-optimized uh-huh. templates created by world-class designers, built-in search engine optimization and analytics to help you grow 24-7, award-winning customer support. Check out squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Yeah, so I liked, uh, I liked the, the energy on that read. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, maybe 10% energy, more energy, and then like a little bit, because it's obviously this is October. Uh-huh. Maybe uh, like 5% more Dracula. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe you could have called it scare space at some point. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, um, should I try the next one with five percent more Dracula? Yeah, and ten percent like more energy. Like a... Dracula got hit by uh, lightning. <laughs> okay. Or he like, like just... Dracula. Dracula uh, took the blood of someone who's on a coke high right now. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you right off the bat that five percent is a very hard amount of Dracula to add. <laughs> but just a little touch of Dracula. You put just Dracula into anything; it tends to take over the whole. <laughs> yeah, it dominates. So I'm gonna. Yeah, that's the challenge. That's like, the challenge oh, with Dracula. <laughs> Hello, fresh. Do not wait. Sorry, no. That's a. That's, that's the copy telling me what not to do. Sorry, I'm so into this idea of trying to Draculaize it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay. Just a little bit of Drac. Just Drac it up five percent, like Stuart said. Just a little bit. Okay. The flop house is brought to you in part by Hello Fresh. Uh, HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. Uh-huh. 
From step-by-step recipes to pre-measured ingredients, yes. you'll have everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. Easily yeah. change your delivery days, food preferences, and skip a week whenever you need. But when you're making your Hello Fresh, never drink wine. <laughs> Uh, for a total of eight. Wait, well, what? It's, not that he, it's not that he hates wine, is that, or unless that's part of the copy. It's no. not that he, he serves wine to other people. All he right. just doesn't drink it. Now, Never now yourself, if you're me, drink wine, except for 95% of the time, because I'm only 5% Dracula. For a total of $80 off your first wait, month. So, so 95% of what he drinks is wine, and 5% is blood? Like, no water, no soda, it's just wine? Like, that's the problem. This guy has a problem, Dan. <laughs> For a total... Is this Johnny Depp? You're being Johnny Depp right now. For a total of $80 off your first month, that's $20 off your first four boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Flop80 and enter promo code Flop80. That's HelloFresh.com slash Flop80, promo code Flop80, for a total of $80 off your first month. That last paragraph had the number 80 in it. Several times, uh, you know. When- Which uh, da- wrong vampire, Dan? That's the Count, not Dracula. The Count would be interested in that. Yeah, when when I saw when I saw that ad read uh, car approaching the uh, the curve of wow worthy, <laughs> I was not expecting you to handle it as well as you did, Dan. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think that was. I'm going to give you a, a solid B plus on that. Wow. Okay. Wow. B plus. Thank you. You can put that on the on your fridge. Hey, there are no other. <laughs> there are not any other formal advertisements, but I I do want to do a quick favor for a former Flophouse guest co-host. Uh, okay. Uh, Frank Lesser, who did, uh, I believe, Next, the episode oh, Next, wow. and maybe one other, uh, former Colbert writer, has a new thing out on IMDb titled You're Not a Monster. It's a cartoon. A new thing? It's a new cartoon out, oh, okay. out on IMDb called You're Not a Monster about a therapist for monsters. It has a lot of big names involved, so I don't know why he wanted me to mention it, because what can I do? But... It stars Eric Stone Street, Kelsey Grammer, and Aparna Nancharla as the Aparna Nancharla. The um, yeah, I knew I was gonna fuck it up. I mean, I, she's hilarious, but I I, I have bad tongue uh, for talking. And um, <laughs> to find to, to, for the next stage of your quest, you'll need the help of Daniel Bad Tongue. <laughs> and it has he's a, he's a bard in a far off village. I don't know why he's a bard. His tongue mm-hmm. is bad. Mm-hmm. And it has guests uh, like Ellie Kemper, Patton Oswalt, Amber Ruffin, and Amy Sedaris. Great cast, obviously. Yeah, so check out good. "You're Not a Monster." And now you've called in your chit, Frank Lesser. Wow, his marker. Come to me no more. Uh, you like the show. No, right? it's good. It's a good show. He's funny. <laughs> These are all funny people. Why would? Uh, so I should mention uh, there's. this is coming out. I think this episode is what? Being released on Saturday, October 12th? Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're going to be in uh, La La Land, right? Oh. We're in Los Angeles today. If you're hearing this episode the day it is released, we are in Los Angeles tonight at the Regent Theater at 7 p.m. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be tickets left available by then, but it's worth trying. Uh, so... Maybe there'll be some left. The Regent Theater, we're going to be talking about Dark Phoenix, the movie that killed the X-Men series for now. Um, Now, it is my understanding, Uh Elliot, that the the people in L.A. are often um, uh, uh, walk up at the door and buy ticket types. They like to put things off because there's a lot of 
driving around in cars maybe they don't necessarily want to know until the day whether they're coming uh i know you're trying to create a sense of scarcity by saying i don't know if there are going to be tickets left but i do not i also do not want to discourage anyone who last minute Uh wants to take a shot at coming to the show because uh i hope we can get everyone in uh okay so so dan's your 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 hat in hand on your knees. Yeah, right? well, I mean, we're <laughs> we're trying two different <laughs> and opposing sales techniques. Uh huh. You know, I'm the I'm the good cop to Elliot's bad cop in this. Uh, I think I would, I would call it good salesman to your bad salesman. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just I don't want to discourage you know possible sales. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, is this uh, is this your audition for a sales job, a sales mm-hmm. position? I, I mean, I guess you do ad reads for every uh, every time you do one of these shows, and I mean, they're great. Yeah, you do a good job. People love them. Wow, worthy! I would describe them. Uh, so we, uh, so yeah, so we're doing a show in Los Angeles. If you come up and ask Dan a riddle and stump him, yeah, uh, he I'll will take his you... picture with you, and then okay. you'll have his soul. <laughs> to be fair, though, Dan is very good with riddles, so really challenge him. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, <laughs> you got to give him a, a, a like a Samson level riddle. Uh huh. Oh shit! About like honey and in what lions and oh, stuff. Okay, you said honey. Yeah, so. So that's today, the day this episode comes out in downtown Los Angeles. Come down and see the show. It's going to be fun. It's 7 p.m., Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Dan, what do we do next on this show? Well, next we're going to answer a few letters or, or, or read them, if there is nothing to answer, okay. from listeners. <laughs> I don't well, want to— Glad you covered all our bases <laughs> on that wanna, one, Dan. I don't want to ham us in. I don't want to be the victim of a class action lawsuit of all the listeners who are like, I thought you were just going to answer questions, and not read— I, w- I want to add. I want to pull the curtain back a little bit. Elliot's been uh, skyping with us and moving his phone a lot. He keeps walking around the room <laughs> doing something. Well, to, I had to. I had to pl- make sure to plug my phone in. Uh, I thought I had enough battery for the whole session. Uh-huh. I didn't. I'm okay. used skyping on my phone because I had an issue with my Zoom recorder that I'm still working on, yeah. and so I'm using my computer as a backup recording device. And so, in order so that I don't have problems with Audacity the recording program on my computer, I am Skyping on the phone instead of on yeah. the computer. I mean, I so don't, we I don't think pulled really... back the curtain on the least yeah. interesting thing. So I well, you, well, no, you I made remember. it less interesting. I yeah, was just saying did. it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, but also, uh, apologies to listeners if any, like, Fumblings or rumblings are uh, audible. Or if Dan That's... and Stuart seem confused by <laughs> the way the camera is spinning out of control. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I think uh, I hired Darren Aronofsky to, <laughs> to shoot my Skype com- conversation. And I've, if you're not ready for that kind of high-intensity it's camera like, work, it's yeah, problem. Yeah, it's, like, it's like Elliot's stem uh, chip is kicked in and he's <laughs> about to battle some dudes. Uh, all right. So that's great. Um, letters. This first one is from Adam, last name withheld. Uh-huh. Who ruins writes? everything, sure. Let's see if he ruins our podcast. Dear Peaches, you've seen a lot of bad, bad movies that are bad in part because they fail to take advantage of the medium or because of lackluster acting and or poor directorial choices. Which Flophouse movie do you think failed as a film, but whose story could be turned into a legitimately good work of written fiction? Yours in Flopitude, Adam, last name withheld. I, I, you know, I, I think we go to this well a lot for this kind of uh, question, actually, but for whatever reason. But I think maybe the odd life of Timothy Green could be turned into a fairly interesting, like offbeat young adult fantasy book. I mean, just you know, like it, it, like an animorph. 
type thing. Are you just uh, trying to get back in uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's good graces? Uh, yeah, that I could be. <laughs> Mabim Bam is coming to Brooklyn, and there's always the off chance I could run into him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I feel like there's something about that, like the whimsy of it. I feel like would go better down on the page somehow. I think you're probably right. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a limb here, but I think, I think there's something about those. Fifty Shades of Grey movies, right? They can, they can make some hot books. Yeah, think about yeah. it. Some hot, really poorly written books, maybe. I don't. I don't know why you'd say that. I mean, <laughs> uh, or I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I feel like I'm also. I, I'm. I have another one that isn't a joke, guys. Okay. That, that last one was a joke, and I, oh. I can tell by your your large reaction, amused <laughs> expressions, you really enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, you try a bunch. Wait, hold on. A- wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He oh, did it. The perfect joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. It was, was somebody perfect. stop it. <laughs> Smoking. <laughs> no, no, no. The mass, the mass lawyers are going to come after us. Uh, I was gonna say, although I think this, uh, I think boom goes the dynamite. I think we okay. we yeah. kind of said that this one, uh, this movie actually kind of worked a bit. I think it would be it would make a fun, uh, like a written paperback thriller. Was the Halle Berry movie Kidnap? Hmm. Oh yeah, where a mother and the aide of her uh, very uh, sensibly uh, gas powered uh, yeah. <laughs> SUV gas-powered. managed. I don't know what I was yeah. fucking trying it was to a, say. It was, a, it was a town and country, right? Yeah. Uh, her SUV and her managed to thwart uh, kidnappers. And it's great. And I think it would make a fun uh, paperback thriller. Okay. Uh, I think this is going to sound weird, but I think The Book of Henry, if it was a French or Japanese comic, uh-huh. yeah, and had some changes, I think could have worked. I think it being from another country would have made some of the strange things about it that were off-putting seem quirky and and, and, and fun, and I think if it was in a comic book form, and we weren't watching actual human beings trying to be these characters, uh-huh. then uh, they might have been more viable, more believable. So would it just be called Henry then, instead of the Book of Henry? And if it was French, would it just be called Henri? Look, that's up to whoever decides to do it. At Mobius, I guess. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Back from the grave. All right. <laughs> so this is an interesting next letter that uh, <clears throat> it's good, because... Uh, It'll it'll uh, be a counterpoint okay. to some of the other <laughs> religious uh, uh, content of the uh-huh. Dan. We've already told you we don't want to join. So this is uh, from Julie. <laughs> this is from Julie. Last name withheld. Yeah. Julie Christie. Okay. She writes: My son is turning thirteen soon, and as a bribe to study his Torah portion, I have promised him he can watch Deadpool once he. Becomes a man. Oh, Mazel Tov! What every what every what every bar mitzvah boy dreams of watching Deadpool. <laughs> what What are other coming of age movies you can recommend? Wait, other coming of age movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, the implications that Deadpool is coming of age movie. What uh What What are coming of age movies you can recommend? Let's put it that way then. Okay. Bonus points if it's something he can watch with his mom. Extra bonus points if any nerd characters aren't coded as Jewish. Oh, uh, I do. Yikes. So wait, it is confusing to me because she does say other coming of age movies. So she may just be saying, "What are some other movies 
that he can watch now that he has become a man. Mm-hmm. Or he no, no. could be I mean, asking. She could ask me. Like Deadpool. So Deadpool 2 <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> or she could be asking for like <laughs> Wait, Stand that's By the, Me. That's the subtitle. So. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool 2. <laughs> so Dan, you're uh, gonna recommend like cheeky or some shit. No, no, right? I, I I'm looking at this uh in this at this question in such a different light light now because it's clear to me now that we're supposed to recommend things that may not have been appropriate as, for him as a child, but now that he is I bar mitzvah, I feel like so like my like recommendation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's an older movie, right? I mean, old movies yeah. can get a pass, right? That'd be I like mean, PG say, like, in nowadays climate. It would be what? It would be rated PG. <laughs> That's, there's some director who's like, you couldn't make Sallow today. He's like, well, they could barely make it then. It's horrifying. I guess you could watch uh, the movie that brought me into manhood, Just One of the Guys. No, no. I, I feel like I, maybe a mo- like a movie like Stand By Me. Probably might be more what yeah. she's looking I for. Again, I'm not sure at this point whether it's was, actual coming of when age I, when films. When I was thinking are... of coming of age movies, the two that popped into my head were uh, Edge of Seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, recent uh, very teen drama is great. Uh, the teenagers act like teenagers, and they have like real, uh, real problems. And I was going to say Ginger Snaps, which is like my one of my favorite horror coming of age stories uh, about two uh, sisters who are dealing with getting older and also becoming <laughs> becoming a werewolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ginger the Snaps, classic I mean, things. Does, do you think like eighth grade falls into that type of area or region? I, I guess. Or what about like uh, like Breaking Away? I don't know. That's a that's a blast from the past, huh? Breaking Away. Wait, is that the is that the it's one the, about uh, bicycles? The bicycle one. Is that yes, the one that the shot? One it? That's the one in uh, in Indiana, right? Yeah. Cool. All right. Anyway, that was breaking <laughs> away talk. Uh, hope we answered your question. Anyway, moving See, on. I feel like both <laughs> of mine. I feel like both of mine uh, are. These worked. Yeah. I think I want. I want this. All the best ones I can think of actually. With, with a. Go on. I want this writer to to write in with a better with a clarification of what they're asking for. Yeah, p- perhaps. Uh, Unless they're just trying to get us to write a check for eighteen dollars to send to the bar mitzvah. Yeah. Nope. Not gonna fall for it. Uh in conclusion, Ghost World. Moving on. Derek last name withheld. Mm-hmm. Asked this. Yep. Hello, Dan, parentheses, and Elliot and Stu. Just wanted to say that I started listening to your podcast this last year during the due to the credit of my office mate Matt and I. Oh, sorry, due to the credit of my office mate. There should be a period there. Matt and I <laughs> Heard- oh, wow! Thanks for writing into Dan McCoy, letter corrector. Look, I, you know, if I'm gonna read it, I need, I, I, you know, it's like a teleprompter. I'm gonna read whatever's on there. Uh, <laughs> Matt and I heard the quote interruption of Dan opening a package that ended up being a water pick at the suggestion of his dentist. I yeah. actually just got the same. It was, recommend- it was, it was riveting radio. <laughs> I got the same recommendation from the dentist myself because I hate flossing and my gums could use it. So I was wondering if you could send me your impressions of it once you've gotten the hang of it a bit so I could convince my wife I need to get one too. Thank you very much. Derek, Derek last name will help. First, I have to say, Derek, your wife seems far more concerned about your finances than your health right now. Wow. I don't know that you Oof. need to like convince her that your gum health is, is worth the money to get the water pick. So you're saying this is kind of a Joan Cusack and Adam's Family Values type situation, mm-hmm. where she's going to try to murder him for his millions. Yeah, I want I want you to look into this. Have you taken out any you know life insurance policies recently? Yeah, or or tooth insurance. You know what? I here's the thing. Um, so my uh, 
The last time I went to Best Buy and bought teeth, I, they're like, do you want to get an insurance plan on this? I'm like, I don't know. Like, It feels like a scam, but what happens if my teeth just fall right out of my head? <laughs> <laughs> So How much I, is it? And they're like, well, we don't cover accidental damage. And I'm like, but what other kinds of problems could my teeth have other than accidental damage? So earlier in the... Really, they're just selling you peace of mind, Stuart. <laughs> so earlier in the... The album, peace of mind. <laughs> earlier in the day, uh, my ghoul friend saw that I was going to answer this question. And she's like, oh, I've got water pick thoughts. But then she had to shower and leave the apartment. So wow. she texted me just now. Okay, so let's let's uncode that, unpack that. Dan is bragging <laughs> that he has a girlfriend who keeps clean, and he is telling us how he did. He himself did not prepare anything no, for this letter. She texted. Well, decided to subcontract didn't. it out to his school <laughs> no, friend. No, no, I didn't subcontract it. Unbid, unbidden, she has texted me water pick thoughts because she was upset that she did not get to express them earlier. It's also it's also what it tells me also is that he talks to his ghoul, ghoul friend about the questions <laughs> for the show and gives her much more time to think of an answer than us the who equal were sent amount, the questions a half hour before equal recording. Equal amount of time. Uh, so she says uh, it's good, but it's only better than regular flossing because it's easier to do proper use properly. A lot of people don't floss. That's right. a big thing. That's a big thing, though. Yeah. Why, why are you arguing with this text no, that's, from that's, her? It's only it's only better because it does the job easier. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good answer. Okay, okay. continue. She uh, so if you're good at flossing, it's whatever. Electric toothbrushes, on the other hand, there's no way a human hand can replicate the speed of the electric toothbrush. So it's way better. All caps. Good dental hygiene is key, especially because insurance hates covering it. And if you have shitty insurance, good fucking luck. So that's uh, her dental corner. Yeah, yeah, a subset yeah. of our normal dental issue, <laughs> our normal <laughs> podcast, <laughs> which I guess is a new regular segment yeah. on the Flophouse. Well, yeah, next we'll be talking about how it's affected Dan's bad breath or or good breath. Who knows? Well, yeah, maybe it's good breath. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I've got no idea. I can't smell myself. Yeah. As a as a vampire, dental hygiene is very important. <laughs> I can't bite into a neck if my teeth are not sharp. And strong, so I recommend being a vampire. Yeah, now that's what I call a hundred percent Dracula. Yeah, wow, hundred percent. Yeah, you got a perfect score from uh, the judges. <laughs> from the Transylvanian fucking... Institute of Dracula Studies. Yeah, now we uh, recommend movies that you should watch definitely instead of uh, the Nun. I would say. You watch any movies lately, Dan? Um. <laughs> Yeah, I have. I'm looking over nothing. Nothing in my letterbox has gotten more than three and a half stars recently. But oh, okay, wow. so so should one of the other ones of us? No, no, no. Uh, talk no, let's no, 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 no. Process. No, I I will uh, because it is Shocktober. I will give uh, a three and a half star recommendation to the Child's Play remake, which was <laughs> that's right. Shocktober, the a the era of lowered expectations. <laughs> I mean that. That kind of is how I enter most horror movies, even though I love them so much. <laughs> it's, I mean, that is true, is that I love horror movies, and yet every time I watch a new one, I'm like, well, this is probably going to suck. Or even an old one. There's, And I don't mean suck as a pun on Dracula, who, of course, sucks blood. Yeah. I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> no, quickly, uh, Child's Play remake is... It, it's fun because it actually shoots off in like a different, like equally wacky direction with the... The uh, with the Chucky character not being a possessed uh, doll of a of the spirit of a serial killer that mm-hmm, is transformed mm-hmm, by I think yep. a voodoo ritual I can't remember. Yeah. Um. In this case, it is 
a malfunctioning doll that has at one point basically dominion over all other wired uh, things around him. Uh, it's it's it does this internet. So like thing. John Belushi. I can see Stuart getting very upset about this, but like it's done with such wackiness. Like there's basically a scene in the beginning of the movie. Like the that Simpsons thing where it's like, oh, here's your problem. The doll is set to evil. Like there's a scene where he like turns <laughs> off like the violence inhibitor at the factory, like a disgruntled like, worker. So does like he, that's wait, kinda... does he still have the voice of Brad Dorif? No, it's Mark Hamill in this one. Uh, that's... Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Anyway, it's 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 very goofy. It has what like if Brad surprisingly... Dorif played Luke Luke Skywalker. It's got... I think it would go a little something like this. Hey, I'm Brad Dorif. I'm here to play Luke Skywalker. Oh, thanks for coming, Brad. Here, pick up this lightsaber. What? Light? What? What? Oh, yeah, it's one of these. It's a kooky, crazy weapon from a kind of outer space uh, fantasy land. What, from like the future? No, actually from a long time ago. This doesn't make any sense. Well, well show me my costume. Well, it's basically like a karate gi, and then you're wearing like uh, legging pajama pants underneath it, like thermal underwear. What? what? Why? So I'm, li- I'm living somewhere cold. That's why I need thermal leggings. No, you're actually on a desert planet. It's very hot there. So what? This, this, what? Is... this doesn't make any sense. I've got to talk to the director. Actually, I'm the the director my name is george lucas what what huh what <laughs> the director of american graffiti what but you haven't directed a science fiction yeah. film before i did actually thx 1138 it was both a short and a feature film what you're telling me there's george lucas movies i haven't seen well maybe i've only made like a couple movies you, you could have seen them both but maybe you're a busy man i'm very busy making a little movie called wise blood good day sir famously <laughs> surprised actor Brad Dorham. <laughs> Nobody does surprise like Brad Dorham. No, yeah, I, that's actually uh, that's what happened when they had him play Grima Wormtongue. Is he got so surprised his eyebrows yeah. just flew off his forehead. <laughs> uh, just to tie off my recommendation, and then, and then when oh, and boy. then Dune came along and he was like, I cannot blow off another science fiction blockbuster. That was a yeah. big mistake. Uh, just quickly to sum up, uh, Child's Play is goofy. It's got gorier kills than I expected out of a big budget reboot if that's your thing and uh, Aubrey Plaza and Brian Tyree Henry are in it and they're both good they're also my thing yeah so uh, that's it cool Stu you want to go or should I go yeah I guess uh, I am going to recommend a movie that uh, I I may have mentioned on the show before Um, I'm going to recommend one of those uh, Netflix original horror movies uh, this one is called uh, The Velvet Buzzsaw, or just Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, it is a movie set in L.A.'s uh, busy and crazy art scene. Uh, <laughs> and it has to do with evil uh, evil art that kills people. And it is incredibly silly. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Tony Collette and a bunch of other folks uh, give some really fun, wacky performances. It kind of feels like if somebody took like a late period, like late in the series, Final Destination movie or like Wishmaster movie and just cast it with a really good, uh, gave it a really good cast and had uh, Dan Gilroy direct it. Um, and it's really silly. And there's point anytime a character dies, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a horror movie because before that I was like, oh, this is just a silly weird movie. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where if you're looking for a, a serious horror movie, uh, you know, serious with a capital frown, um, you probably won't be happy with it. Um, or if you're looking for like an actual like 
reasoned critique of the art world, uh, you'll also be disappointed. But uh, if you're looking for like a wacky time at the pictures, <laughs> go over to your Netflix and queue up Velvet Buzzsaw. Renee, Renee Russo's in it too. Hmm. Uh, of course, she's married to the director. Wow, that right. makes it yeah. sound like that's the only reason that. Uh, no, and she's super she talented, but like you know, yeah, let's she, just clarify. Let's just clarify. I wanted to. to I'm, I'm saying it's more. It's a show of how the director was able to land her for the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Because he landed her. If you know what weird. I mean. Okay. You're being weird. <laughs> You're being. <laughs> Now, is this nope, is it is it do, less weird if I say it like this? No, well, nope, uh, don't do that Brad Door no. thing with your eyebrows anymore, please. <laughs> what? That means you're either <laughs> growing them very long or <laughs> sh- sh- shearing them off. <laughs> He's very much an eyebrow-based actor. Uh, okay, guys, I'm gonna re- recommend a movie about the scariest thing of all: colonial oppression. That's right. It's yeah. Emetai. It's a Senegalese movie from 1971, directed by the father of Senegalese cinema, Usman Semben. And it's the story of a village in Senegal during World War II when uh, the French were still the colonial occupiers of the country. And they are forcing the villages first to send them their men, so that their young men, so that they can serve in the war, and then to send them their rice harvest, so that they can feed the soldiers. And this village decides that it's going to resist. The women of the village engage in a kind of silent, unified resistance, while the men of the village spend all their time arguing about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and whether it's right or not. And it's this combination of uh, it. It is at a. It's a movie at on a deliberate pace, but it's this combination of like this really beautiful like uh color photography of senegal and also uh some real a few very funny and a few very suspenseful scenes but also like this is real marxist filmmaking in a way that i'm not used to seeing in american movies where it is very much about the unified effort of a community the way that uh, individualism can distort or make impossible those efforts but also really putting you in the putting you in the place of a an oppressed people in a colonial setting Mm -hmm. and the only way that they can even try to escape, which inevitably is going to lead probably to tragedy, but uh, is an attempt at least to uh, stand up for themselves. And there's one uh, kind of like uh, kind of like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Uh, I mean, McCabe and Mrs. Miller in some ways is kind of the opposite of it because that's about how two individuals can create a community, mm-hmm. and this is much more about how a community uh, unifies around something, uh, and also how. Ladies get things done while men are jabbering on about, what? Oh, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do this. Who's going to be the leader? I don't know. Uh, but I thought it was really good, and it's called Emetai. And there's one scene in it that I thought was really funny where uh, it's during the time when uh, Marshal Patan has been replaced by Charles de Gaulle as the, as the official French leader. And this one uh, Senegalese uh, conscript is like, wait a minute, but Patan was seven-star general, and de Gaulle is a two-star Two star can't tell what a seven star would do. This is crazy. Like just uh, showing how crazy it is to be an empire in a way, because this place that is so far away that the things that are happening in France are mostly irrelevant. Uh, it still has to deal with these issues and understand them when really they shouldn't have to be involved in them at all. Anyway, I'm making it sound more complicated than it is. It's called Amitai. I liked it. Yay! <laughs> Yay. And how does that movie fall into the shock? Oh, I guess you explained how it fits into the Shocktober theme. Oh, this, the scariest thing of all, yeah. being oppressed by a colonial occupier. Because, yeah. guys, look, 
a little doll that kills people, uh-huh. or like uh, you know, uh, or a, or a, a painting, a, art that, <laughs> a painting that kills people. It's not going to oppress an entire country, you know. No, you're I mean, you're, right. you're right. You're you're right. To be honest, the body count in Emitai is probably higher than in either of those movies. Mm-hmm. So it but... fits into my description of a horror movie. <laughs> oh, know? there's at least there's multiple deaths in it, so it is a horror movie. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, and there's there's a scene where one of the characters literally argues with his gods who argue back. So there's kind of like a mystical scene. So it's kind of like the nun too. Oh wow! So like the nun the two, nun, the, the nun, the movie that's the, coming soon because the first one yeah. did so much, did so well. So the nun two Amitai, in which Valak the demon is in Senegal as a, a French oppressor. So I have a question, Elliot, and it's about um, the errand that you're going to do after. Uh, this podcast, part of the reason that we're sure. trying to keep things short. Uh-huh. Now, so so you're both you're both bringing the audience in on something that is irrelevant to them, yeah. and also taking longer on the podcast recording that I would like to finish up relatively yeah, soon. Exactly. Since I have an, an appointment. I no, I mean this to, is yeah. this is the clo- this is this is to close things off a little. Um, uh-huh. When your wife asked you what kind of bed you wanted, did you go Murphy? So allow me to explain the context of this remark. In order to conver- in order to turn our living room into more of a guest room area, yeah. we are going to get a Murphy bed or perhaps a cabinet bed, yeah. a wall bed, you could call it. Yeah. And so we are going to a place. I won't say the name because they have not paid me to advertise them, and I don't know if I like their products yet. We are going to a place to look at and find out more about and try out different wall beds or cabinet beds, more Murphy which beds. are commonly called Murphy beds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that is why Dan, in his Robocop, <laughs> Based joke decided to say that that's how I said what kind of bed I wanted. Now again, this is all information that is irrelevant to the listener. It is prolonging the episode at a time when we should just be coming to a close. It is putting peeking into my private life and the way my home is laid out in a way that I'm not comfortable with the audience knowing. I do, uh, do kind of like how how Dan's joke. I mean, we can call it a joke. How it uh, how it it, it kind must of be charitable. It kind of reminds the listener that yeah. like the way that movies can affect our everyday life. You know. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, uh, I'm pretty sure the listener loved what just happened. <laughs> I mean, speaking for the listener, I think it was a combination of first confusion and then boredom uh-huh. and then ultimately acceptance as they passed from this life into the nether realm. <laughs> wow. <sighs> well, let's close. So you're suggesting they laugh so hard, they, like the weasels in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh-huh. turned into little ghosts with uh, harps and floated up to and heaven. What, exactly. What Which is better interesting, because that, does that mean that those weasels went to heaven? <laughs> Let's well, stop. That's, well, that's because the animated god, uh-huh. Walt Disney, is, of course, a forgiving god. That's oh, the okay. mystery of his, of his forgiveness and his faith, yeah. in that all creatures of animation will ultimately be accepted to heaven, except for Horace Horse Collar. He knows what he did. Yeah. Well, you're sure, certainly not making this podcast to be shorter now, Ellie. You know what? Actually, who would you put? If there was a, if there was a, you, Dan, this, you kicked this door open. Don't be unhappy when I march right through it, following you. I was trying when to you, tie when, things off with ghost look, weasels, which you, is a great way point, to when, end a Shacktober episode. Go when on. we're standing at it, when we're standing at a restaurant table, about to sit down and not wait anymore, and you point to a restaurant three miles away and say, "No, let's go there. Follow me." Don't be mad when I do follow you, and we have to get to that restaurant, and I have to rethink what I'm going to order. Okay. So, so just who? Which animated characters do you think would be in hell? Cool Cat for sure, right? Because that guy's a dick. But yeah. Who else? Well, yeah. Fritz the cat too. Obviously, if we're going to stick. Probably on. a lot of cats. Cats. Snagglepuss, of course, because of the sins of the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> uh 
I mean, I think obviously Jabberjar will go straight to heaven because he forwent his uh, his you know desire to murder and eat teenagers to instead just start a band with them. Yeah, we yeah. don't know that. Have you seen the Neptunes around lately? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would imagine the, uh, the, the, what is it? It's two young women who have to look after Captain Caveman, right? They're probably going to heaven oh, yeah. because of all their work dealing with their difficult Captain Caveman yeah. friend. Oh, they're going to heaven, but you have to assume that Captain Caveman, having been born at a time before Christ, uh, and not being able to accept him as his savior, is going to be in that, that area of hell set aside for noble pagans. Because it doesn't get more noble than Captain yeah. Dan, Caveman. Dan, what did he I, is a pagan. Dan, what did I tell you about preaching to me? Captain, I mean... <laughs> I will, oh, I mean, wait, I, wait, that was Elliot. Weird. Obviously, Count Ducula, though, I mean, as nice as he seems to be, has cursed, is damned for all eternity as a vampire. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Hot Stuff, the little devil, I think he's going to heaven. <laughs> well, uh, let's. that's all october stuff, shocktober stuff, so let's end there instead. <laughs> <laughs> for the podcast, I've been Dan McCoy. You know, I've been Stuart Wellington. I'd also like to plug our network, Maximum Fun, where oh, yeah. you listen to this, and there's plenty of other great podcasts there. Some are Shocktober related, some are not. Some <laughs> are not. not. <laughs> some are not. Yep, Gordon Shumway, a.k.a. Elf. And thanks to Jordan for editing the show. <laughs> and Jordan Cowling, you mean? Yes. Okay, and uh, yeah, listen to Maximum Fun Podcast. Please tell people about the Flophouse Podcast. Write about us on uh, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Review us on iTunes. Give us a good review. Give us a lot of good reviews. Yeah, the better reviews, the better. Yeah, and tell people about us. And thanks for listening. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. Uh, <laughs> I've been Elliot Kaylin. And I'm Stuart Wellington. Bye-bye. That's actually going to confuse people who don't know our names. That's yeah, okay. And... We're out. <laughs> and over. <laughs>